and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts, Lucy Davis and Benjamin Holden. Just to let you know on today's episode, if you suddenly hear a how did you make that noise? That noise, it's because there's drilling happening right next yeah, door. We've got drill next door, not multiple dildos going off. I don't know what that noise was. <laughs> I was trying to make I was trying to make the noise of the electric drill. We spend them way too much time, man, summers. But whoa, careful. Our um our podcast studio is obviously in our house in our office and we've just got drilling happening in the walk-in wardrobe room. So if you hear that, guys, apologies. Just thought we'd let you know now because thought it'd be nice and just let you know. Yeah, it's not Carl's fault this time that the audio is <laughs> inadequate. <laughs> Last, last week's episode is a little bit loud and noisy. We're getting there. We're getting to terms of it. There's so much kit. Yeah, there is. It's just a lot of learning, isn't it? When you want to do things to the absolute potential, there's going to be absolute fuck-ups along the way. Indeed. And that's just what you've got Fuck to do. Fuck-ups and failures, what life's about. Exactly. But this week's episode is sponsored by Air Up. I've put it on the YouTube channel. Got a new sponsor, yeah. Yeah, which is actually super exciting. The branding's cool, exciting. by the way, isn't it? It is. It's very bright and colourful. Think new, drink new. Think new, drink new. Think new, drink drink new. Zero sugar, zero calories, zero additives. Yeah, so these are, these are the air up bottles for anyone who's watching on YouTube. I'm showing you them now. If you're listening on... Um, iTunes or Spotify. Yeah, then it's... The bottles are actually quite cool. I've got a blue yeah, one. Lucy's got a clear really one. really cool. And essentially what, what the premise of the bottle is, is you get flavoured water without the additives or preservatives that you would get from having like a flavored water. So the way one, what you do is people? you have these little pods that Lucy's holding. You attach the pod over the top of the bottle. Like so. Like so. I've, I haven't actually tasted this yet, so there's a no, fair time tasted. that we're tasting them. Lucy's got what flavor have you got? I've got tangerine. I've got coffee, which is Cheers. a strange flavor, but are you ready? Oh, that's weird. That's really weird. It's like... It's not, How weird is that? It's not fla- It's not flavored. It's as it doesn't taste as strong as flavor does. It's it's like it's like fermented or scented. So the well, you, way- you smell it as you drink well, it. Well, the way that these bottles work is super clever, by the way. So basically, eighty percent of our taste that when you're tasting comes from smell and comes through the brain. So the these basically put scent into it. So you're tasting scent in essence, and that's why you can basically taste that the water's flavoured, even though it's just water coming through the bottle. So basically, it's just fucking with your brain. How That is actually, to be fair, that's very, very clever. Yeah. And also, I'm quite liking the fact that this is a reusable bottle. Yeah. Each pod... That's, I really like that. Each pod needs 20 to 50 times less plastic per litre than the normal normal plastic bottle does. Which is, actually, which is actually pretty cool. And each pod, each flavoured pod, that's lasts about five litre, which is about eight bottles, which is also pretty cool. You've saved got your money. coffee. Yours I've, is coffee. I've got coffee. There's, we've also got other ones here. So the other flavors we've got is lychee rose. Pretty cool. I've also got a wild berry flavor, which is also pretty cool. It's like drinking an iced coffee. Mm. That one's crazy. Yours is stronger stronger than mine. Yeah, mine is stronger. But that's like drinking an iced... Nice sorry, I've just been off. to Starbucks to have an iced Americano, please. That is that. Obviously, coffee's a stronger taste, isn't it? So Yeah. But they're super excited. Do we have a link or a code for anyone? But then we can pop that down. So you push that down. Push it down and have no flavour. And then you have the flavour goes off. So you can just drink it as water. As normal water as well, essentially, yeah. My mind has been a bit blown now. And I was I was I was very intrigued because I was like, that's not gonna work. How how the fuck is that gonna work? But that's pretty phenomenal. It's good, isn't it? Do we have a code or a link for anyone? So, or we just Yeah, the link will be 
in the description in the description where you can jump on there and have a look and in the podcast description and on the youtube not the youtube on the podcast show notes we'll leave the descriptions there and the code to get 10 percent off these bottles is not so fit not so fit nice and simple to remember hey but also oh hey if, you, if you've I got the caffeinated version obviously the other thing that you don't get is is the caffeine hit with it oh yeah it's obviously just you're just smelling it aren't you yeah. so it's that's great for people. So who on that note, on that note, I'm actually going to have to get my caffeine hit. <laughs> You're going to have a monster and a water which smells like caffeine. Tastes I'm like just going to have a tangerine. But also, we do need to remind you guys that there's only a few days left to enroll onto the Transform oh, yeah. 2022 challenge. Now, the Transform challenge, we do three or four challenges a year with the My Coach School, and they are incredible. Our community, we're very community-based as the My Coach School app and as the My Coach School family. And we're here to create positive change with your health and fitness journey and support you along that way. And we don't dictate to you your goals. We know everyone has different goals. It could be weight loss, fat loss, building muscle, putting weight on, going in for the gym for the first time, run a half marathon, whatever it is, we're here to support that. And you can jump on the challenge. Is this Thursday? So Friday, you've got three days. The challenge three starts on left. the 11th of April. So make sure you get on the link, which is in all of the descriptions. Click on it, sign up, download the app, get involved, enroll and join our community. Yeah, join the community. And then me and Lucy will be doing a, another live in our Facebook group next Wednesday. We'll be doing them every Wednesday. So if there's anything that you're not sure of, because in our fitness community, we like to look after people and chit chat with people. If there's any questions that you have got, may have, not too sure about, we'll be on the lives every Wednesday. But also, if you pop any questions in the group, like the guys in there are fucking awesome anyway, so they'll answer anything and everything. And again, like Lucy said, we only run three or four of these per year. So if you miss out, you'll have to wait another 12 weeks to, to jump on. So get, get involved. Yeah, 100%. I'm very excited for today's podcast. Should we address the elephant in the room first? Which elephant? Well, I don't mean it like that, but obviously this podcast is releasing. We record these a week in advance, so people have been chatting about this for a while now, but it is what happened at the Oscars. Oh, my God. Mr. Willie Smith. Yeah. What are your thoughts on it? I think he assaulted someone on stage in front of thousands of people, and you should never hit anyone. Yeah. There's a lot of different ways he could have gone about. I think sticking up for your wife, 100%. Stick up for your partner, but do it without physically hitting someone in the face. I, I cannot yeah. with that. That to me is just guy to a guy, woman to a whatever it is. Nah. I've been really conflicted about this over the last couple of days of, of what my views are. Because I was thinking at first how I, I think I always think back to your own situation. So I think for us, there is a lot of situations on social media where you get attacked and there's a real lack of consequences mm. we spoke about previously how social media has created this space where people can say what the fuck they want and there's zero consequences for their actions whereas someone said something in a real life scenario and they suffered consequences of opening their mouth that was my first thought but then i thought there's there's absolutely zero excuse for violence whatsoever mm. don't condone it at at all also he could have gone up and said something even that i would have even going up and said something i would have think was slightly out of order i think if you were and there's this thing i don't like using it if you're going to be a man about it what does that mean in the first place but if he's going to be kind of a man who's being protective of his wife about it he could have addressed it backstage spoke to him face to face 
said, do you know what, mate, that really... Because the photos of them all three of them together and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. in years in the past, so they've obviously been friends before. This really pissed me off. It's out of order. You owe my wife an apology. He obviously did it, though. He, he, I, he did it in front of thousands and millions of people who were watching on TV. I think it was shit that he was then allowed to go up. And accept. And accept an award. Yeah. And, also, and Denzel Washington and other people that were coming up to and condoling him and stuff like that. You've just assaulted someone. What what level of status do you need to get to? For it to, not for, to matter. To, for it not to matter. Is Will Smith so big that he doesn't have to suffer the consequences that a normal person would suffer? Because if I did that at an event, at an award in the street, be I'd be getting done for assault. Is is Will Smith so big, much of a big profile that's like, no, okay, he suffers no consequences that any other person in the world will suffer. So, for example, Will, who lives next door, he goes out and slaps someone. Does he get away with it? No, he doesn't. Just because you've been on TV, just because you've got celebrity status, doesn't mean you're immune to everything else. And I think it was disgusting that he was able to go up, collect the award. Then on the night out afterwards, like partying with everyone, whatever. I think the actual action that he took has come from all the, the stuff in the past, i.e. all the stuff that's happened with his wife, all the embarrassment that she was fucking around with some other rapper, kid, whatever it was, how publicly all that was, how embarrassed he was about it all. And I think it's almost built up to a moment of where someone's taking a piss for him to then kind of snap. I don't think he's just, he's got up and slapped someone on national TV off the back of a, a G.I. Joe joke and it's hit, it's hurt and, and hurt his wife that much. I don't know. I'm just playing devil's advocate because by all means, she could have been absolutely fuming at the fact she's lost her hair and she's suffered a lot mentally because of it. Yeah, I also, I she's been very open about her hair loss. It's alopecia. So people already knew that and he made a joke specifically of, about that. So you would 100% stick up for your, and I do think you should stick up for your other half but assaulting someone who is seen to be a role model to so many people, would some younger kids look up to Will and be like, well, he he slapped someone yeah, exactly. because they said something nasty. Does that mean that I can then go and slap people when they say something nasty? Do, is he... How is, how is that being portrayed? Because he is a role model. He's an incredible huge. actor. Huge. So how does that come across to people who look up to him and... They're one of his favorite people and everything like that. And also he's just been in King Richard, which got awards. He was the, so it's, oh yeah. I mean, I cannot condone for the violence. I think the biggest thing from it was though that again, he didn't suffer any consequences that makes other people potentially children, whatever that, but it it wasn't on their night. I think he should have been sanctioned straight away. Mm. You can't get away with just hitting people. I think the thing, and that, that's the thing that I always think about because Ricky Gervais used to do it in the past as well, didn't he? And take the piss out of people. Their job as a comedian is to literally blitz people in the audience. Mm. The job is to blitz people in the audience. And when they do that, there is no malice. It's like when you go to a comedy club. I've been to a comedy club before and been annihilated. <laughs> but I know that comedian's got no malice towards me. He's not saying it because he fucking hates me or there's real aggression with what he's saying. It's just a joke. And I understand we live in a culture which is very different now. People take stuff very... I understand the joke was was more personal as well. But at the end of the day, he wasn't making the joke because he hated Will Smith or hated Will Smith's wife. It was a part of an act. Mm. It was acting. And 
I just think he's taken it way too far. I know I listened to a bit of what Joe Rogan was actually talking about when he was addressing it with someone else this week. And I understand that Joe Rogan's perspective, he's going to be mega defensive of Chris Rock because he's a comedian. He related to someone walking up on stage when he's telling a joke and slapping him, which I think is a little bit different to the scenario that we're talking about. But I still don't think you should do that. That w- I certainly wouldn't do that anyway. No, I don't think anyone should do that. No. But then that's what I mean. I've heard people say, oh, well, you've got to suffer consequences. And I do understand that to some degree that people just get away with doing whatever they want and saying whatever they want. Speak but there's, there's, there's different ways to deal with shit. I mean, that just shouldn't, cannot happen. And also, I think it's just really shitty for everyone else at the Oscars because then you've got to sit there awkward as anything and just, just be like, oh, that was so awkward. And yeah. people take oh, sides. Cool. It just puts a massive down on the evening. And also... God, like Chris Rock took us so well as well, by the way. Yeah, he just picked himself up and carried on. And how much bigger is Will Smith than him? Like, it's just, Oh, size-wise. Yeah, he's a yeah. he's a huge human being. Will Smith is a big dude mm. who's who's trained a lot of his life. Chris Rock's just small, not even expecting it. I just think he took it like a champ, to be fair. Mm. I agree. I saw someone great. Some of was just so funny, by the way. It was... <laughs> Because Chris Rock's obviously the voice of Madagascar, isn't oh, he? I've seen it. It's 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 the it's zebra, the zebra and, and then versus the fish, the fish from the sh- from, is it shark's tail? Not shark's tail. Is shark's it? tail. Shark's yeah. tail. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe they just I thought I'd never see this combination or this no, fight take place. It's just not all right, is it? But yeah, to be fair, this podcast we always record in advance, but at the time this is very very relevant. It it might still be relevant when this podcast comes out anyway. Yeah. But today's episode, which you will already know by the title. We are talking about the wonderfulness of happiness. The, w- <laughs> the wonderfulness of happiness. Yeah, we're also talking about how you, you don't just find happiness, mm-hmm. how it's got to be created. For me, this, I mean, Lucy was speaking about this probably the last couple of days because of what's come from, well, not what's come from Mother's Day, but because it's recently been Mother's Day. And I wrote an email yesterday, so just wanted to take a little chunk out of because a lot of people replied to the email that I sent out. And if you want to be part of my email list, because I send a daily email, which is, it's not always fitness, it's other stuff that goes on as well. You'll probably be able to find it on my Instagram profile. But I basically took my mum down to London yesterday. yesterday for Mother's Day. And on pre, on pre, and again, it, it doesn't always, the, the whole premise of this podcast is that it doesn't come down to finances. However, I started the email talking about how on previous Mother's Days, I've like literally been able to afford flowers to buy my mum. In previous years, when I was first starting the business and stuff, like there was no excuse for it, but I was struggling for money. And yesterday, I was able to take it out to London, went for a nice breakfast, we went to the British Museum. And again, it's not about the monetary value, but it's, it is nice to spoil people sometimes and do other things. And I know you get busy with work and other responsibilities in life, and sometimes you lose grasp on what's important. This is why I sent this email out yesterday. And I was, this is what I put in my email, I was sat thinking this morning over a flat white about how I maybe at the moment see my mum and dad about once a month maybe, sometimes a little bit more, and how that is boils down to an average of 12 times per year. So if they live for another 20 years, that is only 240 times I'll see them in my lifetime, 239 times after after yesterday. And again, this goes up to people who listen to the podcast. Just think about how many times you potentially see loved ones or parents on average just per, per week, month, whatever, how many times that adds up to, to a year, and then how many times that happens in a lifetime. It's pretty sad sometimes if you don't spend a lot of time with the people who 
you really value and that's not that's not really good enough for me because i always thought my value is to make to be successful and make my mum and dad proud of me but the fact the matter is they value my time and our time above anything else so now i i strive not to be a success but rather to be of more value and that's what i was speaking about in, in yesterday's email because what i also put was at the end of the day time will pass for all of us is about how we enjoy the passing of time and who we enjoy that with. That was lovely. That was what I put in yesterday's email. And that's what kind of sparked the sort of chat that we're going to have today about the value and about being about being happy, basically. And on that as well, because I feel like happiness in general has a lot of different connotations in terms of joy, enjoyment in life some people class it as success monetary value and the actual definition of happiness is an emotional state characterized by feelings of joy satisfaction contentment and fulfillment while happiness has many different definitions it is often described as involving positive emotions and life satisfaction and i really like how it has the word contentment because that's what i believe happiness yeah. is when you feel content I feel the most yes, amount of happiness. I knew you were say that. And I always say to you sometimes, I walk along, like, oh, I'm so content today. And for me, that is where I truly feel really happy. So my main definition of happiness is when I'm content. So you took your mum to London yesterday. I was like, oh, I'll go back home and see Debs and Clive. You know, I'll go back for the day, stay over, have a sleepover. And when I left, she was like, please don't leave. And, but I was so content with her all day yesterday. And it was a really wonderful feeling. Feeling So for me, it's the contentment. I'm going to ask you an important question now as well. What were you looking at then? I don't know. <laughs> what are you looking at? Ben always like stares at something when I'm we're just doing the I podcast. That's what I'm thinking. I'm going to ask you an important <laughs> question. And it might not be something that you'd be able to answer right away. So just if you need to take time to think about it, then please do. And I urge all listeners of today to pause the podcast after I've asked this question. And also just think about it. What is the happiest moment you have ever had in your life? And you don't have to answer it now. I can give you what mine is because I've had time to think about it. Could, could you name what yours is, Cal, if I was asking you on the spot? Because I don't think a lot of people could. I don't think a lot of people could answer straight away. I'll have to have a think. Yeah. That's what, I don't think you... It's it's one of those things that you have to think about deeply because what I ended up doing was I was looking through photos on Facebook and Instagram and thinking, is there any moments where I can, I've captured it and then it makes me think that was one of my happiest moments. The thing that it, it, it did, it made me do with some of the Instagram posts and images was think how I looked happy but how I really wasn't because I went through that period of the eating disorder which sucked a lot of happiness from life. But when it, when it came down to it, when I was thinking about it, my happiest moments at first, what I was thinking was my happiest moments are yet, are yet to come, which is quite a nice thing. I think some of that, my happiest moments are going to come later in life. I agree with that. Um, and then the other thing I was thinking of, none of my happiest moments have been, my happiest moment wasn't when we got the house. My happiest moment wasn't when I got my car. My happiest moment wasn't when, for example, like, I've made good amounts of money or decent amount of money. They weren't my happiest moments in life. My happiest moments have been one of the ones I was thinking of straight away was when we were in Australia. Again, it wasn't the fact that we were in Australia. When we went on a trip for six weeks, the happiest day that I was there was when me and you went to the zoo. Yeah. 
and we went there last week, and it was that was up there one of the happiest moments of my life. So it didn't take a large amount of financial income or output to create the happiest moment, and that's where my so my happiest moments are generated is based on a company and relationship with that person because it builds the relationship further with that that moment. So some of the other ones that I had was yesterday when I went to. The, the London with a mum yeah. again and building a stronger bond and relationship with someone that I value. I when I took my little cousin Ollie to the fair only a couple of months ago down in New Brighton, just me and him for the day, which I haven't done that often. That was one of my happiest moments that I could recall on. When I took my dad to get his haircut, me and him went on Christmas Eve, mm-hmm. went and got a haircut, did something else afterwards. And also, what I was thinking of, I think I mentioned this the other day, was when. Us three went to Lanzarote for like four to six weeks. Yeah, I think it was. And some of the best moments that I enjoyed were, and one of the the main things that I enjoyed doing was, and I know you didn't come on too, too many of them, and this sometimes speaks volumes to where I get my happiest moments from, is sometimes me and Cal used to go for a walk at night for like an hour or two. Yeah. And just used to chat. And I think I enjoy some of my happiest moments are on like one-to-one time where I build my relationships further with other people mm-hmm. and kind of I can connect with other people when there's not tons of people there, which I think my happiest moments come from building stronger relationships is what I took from thinking about my happiest moments when I jot them down on a piece of paper. Yeah, I think hap- happiest moments is a really hard one because I have, I can pinpoint a lot of very happy moments that I've, where I've just solely been with you. So Lanzarote was one of the first ones to me that sprung to mind but also the first time we met before we were even together I was just so happy I was like oh my goodness this is I just there was this level of like fulfillment and I was very content but two that really stand out to me as well is when my auntie was cleared from breast cancer that was one of the happiest moments of my heart gonna make me cry sorry sometimes happy moments make you emotional as well well the other one's sad as well. it's not yeah, sad but it's, ha- it's happy because you've seen her happy and come through a lot haven't you so it's gonna be yeah so that one because again that wasn't just her it was like a family it's fine you've had to be upset but the um, <laughs> the next one was grandpa's 90th when we went on holiday. When we went on holiday. Yeah, and we gave good. him like his book. The book, which was hysterical. But the um the cars. Well that was great. So the though. sixteen cars yeah. he's had throughout his whole life. That's insane. Was that your uncle who bought them though? Um yeah, Uncle Nigel bought that. But again, so a lot of my happiness, because I'm very close to my family. Yeah. So it's going through things together. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it brings out, sometimes it brings out sadness, for example, like I'm crying. But the amount of happiness that I feel because in both of those moments, I was the most content I've probably ever been. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of sporting achievements in my life, but they've not, like when I used to win nationals and swimming and all of that and hitting PBs, I don't necessarily feel overwhelmed with happiness. I also feel proud. There are moments of feeling proud with sporting achievements Whereas the happiness for me is feeling relaxed and content with something that's just happened. So grandpa's 90th, just chilling. He's 90, he's great, looks mm-hmm. great. My auntie overcome breast cancer, unbelievable, amazing. 
And they're very much to do with, as you said, the people who you surround yourself with will massively affect that happiness and how you share it. Well, Jordan Peterson said something very compelling in one of his podcasts, and I think he put it in one of his books as well, about how when you win on your own is very, very different to when you win with other people. It's very different when you've got that social element around you as well. And you'll never, it'll never compare when you win something as a team or win with other people because of those connections, relationships, bonds, and community that is that is around that as well. But it's under your personal control, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Your happiness, obviously other people can make you happy. You make me incredibly happy. You make me laugh every day. Laughing to me is a form of happiness because it makes you feel so, so great. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the research that I actually went into, it shows that much of your happiness is under your personal control. You can help yourself even when you are going through some really really difficult times you are in control of your body and your emotions mm-hmm. i think this goes on to a lot we're going to talk about on today's podcast but Literally were you able sweating. to think of anything carl <laughs> yeah for me um oh, carl don't make me cry again no don't worry uh i think a lot of my the memories that were popping to the forefront of my head anyway were to do with travel um and I, I kind of realized when, when you were talking about how actually it's the, the people you're with and you were talking about the walks you went on Lanzarote, which were mm. like so, so good for me. Um, I realized that um, it's it's when I'm traveling with people that I love, it's kind of the, the memories that I cherish the most. So like when I turned 18, me and my friends went backpacking around Europe um, and we had, I think we spent a thousand pounds in six weeks. So tra- and we, we answered so great, we isn't it? 15 countries yeah. and we were, we were absolutely poor like we had no money whatsoever we were living i think it was like like 15 pounds a day including traveling from country to country and sleeping and eating everything it was the best time of my life and then just to contrast that i went to thailand um and i'd been doing lots of freelance gigs i was absolutely minted went to thailand and i had the absolute worst time of my entire life i had panic i'd never had a panic attack before in my entire life but i was like oh i'm gonna get to thailand i'm gonna fly out there on my own take some photographs day and day i was in a bunk bed crying my eyes i was just absolutely freaking out just hyperventilating i thought i was having a heart attack it was honestly the worst yeah now put that down to the fact that i was just on my own um and then i think back to like going to barcelona with andrea my girlfriend for the first time just like went round to her dad owns a bar and we were just chilling we got like some paella from a local pl- oh, paella i don't want to get slapped by her for pronouncing it <laughs> um but yeah just got some like cheap paella and was just chilling having a beer and just loving life in in barcelona with people that i love and yeah that that for me is the thing that i that that's another highlight there of how some of the 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 best moments that you can have do not take any financial resources whatsoever and i bet when i've asked people to pause the podcast today and if you still haven't done it please do it and if also if you listen on the youtube channel like if you can pop in what your happiest moment was we'd love to go through and read them as well if you watch on youtube even if you're not on youtube pop over from the podcast and drop it on there because we'd love to go through them. It's it's so strange that we spend so much time again like chasing money. But yeah, I bet most people's happiest moments have got nothing to do with finances. And don't get me wrong, good finances or money can help you create more freedom to have those special moments. But sometimes they can create more stress. And I think that's why especially from last week's podcast, we were talking about like, what was the amount that would stop you from, from being happy, which is an, is an important question. I've got it. I found it. Regarding 
so this is actually way down in my notes, but regarding finances specifically, research research shows that the sweet spot for yearly income is between 40,000 and 72,000 a year, not a million dollar salary. Earning above 72,000 does not equate to increased mm-hmm. well-being. A person earning 120,000 a year will not necessarily be as happy as a person earning a lot less. I think what it does for some people is it is it increase, increases a sense of security. But if yeah. you've already got that anyway, then I don't think it... And, and also, that's interesting because is a sense of security necessarily linked? Is there a direct link to happiness? There's probably a research paper on that. Mm-hmm. But how does the security link to happiness? There probably is a link because maybe you could link it to feeling content within your life yeah. or feeling fulfilled. So those keywords that we spoke about before, if you have a level of security, do you necessarily feel more content in your life with where you're at? I don't know. That could be one of the things. Um, just from what you said before there, sorry, so you know how you said to me this morning, make a list of what makes me happy? Yeah. None of mine are at all to do with money. So it's seeing my family and friends, going on a walk, reading, training, running, and the sun. That's what I'm talking about. That Technically I, the sun. I, have, I, <laughs> I live in the UK. I've spoken about it a few times though. Sun. And when you're creating your happy list, it doesn't need to evolve around money and the happy list again for anyone who's new listening is something that you can pull together in the back of a diary for the days that sometimes when you're down because again you 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 don't just find happiness you have to create it so if you create a happy list things that you know you can go to at any time which make you happy don't take resources finance time something that you can go to immediately is golden yeah and you've got things there on a on a list One of the things as well, because I think you will have probably made a note on this, is exercise in terms of there is genuine science behind why exercise promotes promotes happiness and Mm -hmm. makes you feel happier. It's because it produces endorphins. And when those endorphins are produced, you actually do feel happier, more joyous, excited there's something there fulfilled because you've exercised and also probably not to the same extent but smiling Mm -hmm. also releases dopamine which makes you happy smiling (laughs) (laughs) literally smiling makes other people after when you smile straight away then i couldn't help but smile like i'm a really smiley person i will make sure on every single run I smile yeah. at the person I go past because if they're having a bad day or a bad run, God, we've all been there, and you drop a smile or even in the gym and then they smile, it's like you might have just given someone a little dopamine hit and they they feel happier. And that's free. A smile's free. You can smile at anyone. <laughs> it's making it's, you smile though. It's, I don't want to create downers for people, but someone emailed me back from an email yesterday who some of their best memories have been with her mum and dad and their mum and dad passed four years ago and that is one of the big things I think if you're listening to this and lucky to have parents grandparents whatever it is don't take that for granted granted sorry because like we spoke just at the start of the podcast about the, the number of times you pretend to see that person that in your lifetime diminishes because time is finite so making sure like again I've just been thinking one of the one of my happiest moments was when I did garden in my granddad's garden for eight weeks to raise money for I a lad's holiday that, that was going that to, on so for, for Malia. And 
Because I had no money to go on the holiday, but did he, he did he know you were raising money for yourself to go to Malia? That's why he was paying. That's why he was paying oh, me. He knew, I didn't yeah. have the money to go, and he said, "Do you want to come and do gardening in my back garden every week?" It was eight weeks before I went, and I needed to get, I needed to raise like eight hundred quid to a grand. So he's paying me like a hundred pound per weekend, which is just ridiculous to do this little bit of gardening. And most of the time, I didn't even end up doing any gardening because all that used to happen was I'd start, and then he'd come down in his wheelchair to the bottom of the garden and just end up speaking to me yeah, for hours. That's so what he, he was basically he paying me for time. time. Aw, that's really nice. I remember you telling me about that for the first time. And you like, my granddad um, paid me to go on a lad's holiday. I was like, what do you mean? But it obviously does make sense because you're spending time with those mm-hmm. people who mean the most to you. And... It's obviously why as well when you do actually go into it, when you think about those moments of happiness, I I love the fact that those moments can be found through not paying as well. Yeah. Your granddad didn't have to pay you. He just wanted to spend time mm-hmm. with you. All those things about going on a family holiday, seeing friends, training, exercise, smiling, they don't actually a lot of the time they don't need to cost anything and people go in search for happiness they think oh god like where am I going to find it how am I going to get it what do I need to do when realistically it's not actually that complicated people try and overcomplicate things when all you need to do is just maybe drop a smile that's also as well not diminishing unhappy moments yeah I think it's really important because bad things happen, bad thing, bad shit happens in life. Bad things happen. It's just part of life. I do think you have to accept those moments as well, and you don't have to pretend to be happy. That's the biggest thing is acceptance, and this comes back to yeah. that about being fake happy and fake positive all the time. Is that you can't force that because then you're forcing yourself not to accept the other feelings. That's why I'm not a big fan of sometimes body positivity because you can't always be positive. Sometimes mm-hmm. you're gonna have shit days, and acceptance is better of those. I think. I also jotted the question down of what makes a good life? Because there was a survey done. God, you throw these questions and I'm sat here. No, let me give some context. There was there was a survey done and it was asking what the most important thing to people was. There's a group of people asked. I think they were teenagers. Pardon me. And the results were eighty percent said a major life goal for them was to get rich. 80%, I have the same study up. 80%. And 50% of those who said that said they wanted to be famous. Really? 50% of them said they wanted to be famous, which I can understand, by the way, because everybody wants, well, not everybody, but a lot of people want to, want to be more well-known, want to be known for what they do, want to leave an impact. And I heard Jimmy Carr talk about this on Stephen podcast. And he went back to talking about how people want to be famous and want to be recognized. And he was explaining how it goes back to early ancestors because we all used to live in tribes, small communities. Everybody knew everyone. So being famous is the bigger scale. In As the world's got bigger and the population's got huge and social media's got massive, how people just want to be known by their community or everyone. 
the same as he did years and years and years ago, thousands of years ago. People want to be known by everyone. You want to be known in the village as the, the greatest warrior, the greatest fighter, the greatest cook, whatever it was. You want to be known in that community, in that family, in that whatever it was. It was just on a much smaller scale. So that desire to potentially want to be known, to be famous, to be big on social may, I don't know, draw back to those early ancestral times of where those communities you wanted to be known. That's really interesting. I've never I even, I mean, I, I, mm, I don't know how I'd even answer that question. The first thing that always springs to mind is you, family and friends, mm -hmm. the, the kind of nothing like that, that to me. So I guess a happy relationship, a, a fam. I don't know. It's really hard. I, I don't think I could personally answer that question. No, in general, I wouldn't expect but you to. The, the famous thing's really interesting because yeah. you have a lot of celebrities who always say they wish they didn't have cameras in their face. They wish they weren't known and they kind of go, but I guess that's to such a high extent. We're, um, we're talking Will Smith, for example, Kylie Jenner. They can't live their lives. Molly May, she can't go outside without paparazzi, cameras, people following her, knowing her every move, being trolled. So that's I, I, probably not what they want, but they, no. they're they after the recognition side of but things. But I understand that. And there's some stuff that it just like takes over their lives with fame. But if you become a person who overshares stuff, I don't think you can then get your back up and attack people once the media or other things take interest. Mm -hmm. Again, drawing back to Will Smith, he did like a public chat show about when his wife cheated on him and came out and started speaking about it. You can't then be a bitch about when the media starts talking about it or saying stuff because you sat on a chat show, probably made money off it. And spoke about, and spoke it. about it openly. So other people, it's an open, for me, it's an open, it's open invitation for people to talk about it. Also, yeah. on that note, by the way, just before we jumped on the podcast, I saw that off the back of it, you know, Chris Rock's got a tour at the moment. Does he? Yeah. Like a comedian tour? The whole tour is just sold out and the ticket, the resale of the value of the tickets, they were, I don't know if it was 39 quid or 49 quid and it was high, higher in dollars. And the, I think the ticket price has gone up by times 10, like £419 on resale. It's just gone through the roof because obviously everyone's talking about him. Oh my God. Yeah, on Chris well, Rock. Chris Rock. <laughs> Took a slap and you fucking got a big slap of dough as well. But um, the other thing that I noticed down, I, I'm guessing, or you may have taken down the same study. I was speaking to Cal about it in the gym. It was the longest study ever conducted on happiness. Like the 80-year one? Yeah. That's a long study, that, Have you it? made the same notes? No, 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 I don't have the same notes, but I heard you talking about it before. <laughs> yeah, so this longitudinal, this longitudinal study, I think, was the longest study ever done on happiness. And there's still participants taking part in it now. It's been going on for 75 years, I think, if I'm correct. And is it, ha does, is it the same researcher doing all the research? Is it a no. lot of research? So they've passed, passed it on, passed it on. So wow. they've done very well to continue it and for people yeah. to continue to take part in it. Pardon me, God, I'm gassed today. There's still 60 men out of the 724 men still alive and still participating. And wow. most of them are now in their 90s. Nonagenarians? No. They are? Nonagenarian means you're over 90. I just said no. Yeah, I'm agreeing. Oh. Can I have head back, please? Yeah. So, <laughs> the, the study in 2000, um, 
studying the 2000 children of those men, since 1938, they've tracked two groups of men. And they started as sophomores and were around the time of the war. That was when they started doing it. The other group that they took was a group of boys from Boston, from one of the poorest neighborhoods. All were teenagers, all were kind of taking like questionnaires, interviewed, medical exams, questioning friends and family and stuff. I thought this was interesting. And the guy didn't, from what I was looking at, hadn't quoted who it was, but there's tons of guys in there. Some became doctors, bin men, trades. One became president of the United States. Him? I don't know who it was. I don't know, Carl, if you can pull that up, maybe from the study. I couldn't find who it was, um, which I thought was super interesting. And the lessons and the conclusions that they took away from this study, and I think this is really important, by the way, and this is why I've saved it until what me and you had spoke about and Carl didn't put it as well, with lessons learned from the study. Yeah, so apparently the president was JFK. Wow, really? Yeah, who had a pretty traumatic life. I don't even know much about the Kennedys, but he had a sister who was... Um, uh, they said that she was, I forget her name, it wasn't Jackie Kennedy. Um, but anyway, he had a sister who was like mentally disturbed, I think potentially mentally yeah. challenged. Um, and she was, I th- I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure she had holes drilled in her head as part of a um, like a treatment. Oh well, just... is, that, is that like those old treatments that they used to do? Um, yeah. Um, for, like off Ratchet, that for Netflix mel- documentary. For, for mental illness. That's, that's tree planning, I think. Oh, it's awful. Some of, that Ratchet program? Yeah. Shit me. God, yeah. I was looking at like it. And some of that's based on true story, isn't I it? Think, I think oh, I actually, think. sorry, it was worse. Um, so uh, Rosemary Kennedy had seizures and a violent mood swings. Um, and in response to these issues in 1941, when she was 23, uh, she had a prefrontal lobotomy which is where they open your brain up and cut out part of your prefrontal cortex. Um, and it left her permanently incapacitated and unable to speak intelligibly. So, the yeah. fucking wonder. But then also JFK, as, as we know, ended up getting shot. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a pretty interesting guy to just randomly come out of this study. Yeah. There's 900 people you happen to look out on the president of the United States. Yeah. That's crazy, isn't it? And yeah, that's crazy. Ratchet's a crazy one as well. That's I don't. That I'm assuming that's still on Netflix. R A T C H E D. Have you ever seen? Have you seen one flew? I think it's called One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest. I don't think so. Great film. You seen I'll that, Carl? Yeah. Watch that. It's great. We'll watch it together again. That's very Bob Barrick in respect to the way they used to treat the patients as well. Do you know? Also, one of the other things that does actually, and there's a lot of studies into this one. I don't think you would have written this one down, but. It's actually helping other people, makes you happier, makes you more fulfilled and satisfied in life. And a hundred hours a year is the magic number. That makes sense because that's, it makes a lot of sense when people do charity work and give yeah. them back. Charity work. Can we, before we go into this, we're talking, can I just finish the study? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I completely forgot yeah. we're talking about a study. So the, the, less, the conclusions <laughs> that came from the study, the, the longest longitudinal study is that good relationships keep us happier and healthier. So remember when I was speaking about the start of the podcast, how I was reflecting on those times of where my happiest moments had come from and they all involved relationships one-on-one and building those relationships. Mm-hmm. So social connections are very good for, for us and they found that loneliness kills. Wow. Isn't that crazy, by the way? Because people who are isolated find that they are less happy. Health declines along with brain functioning. So I think this is not... It's, it's super interesting, but really horrible the fact that we've been through a, a fucking pandemic so the repercussions of what's still coming from the pandemic now have been in isolation for two years when 
from the biggest, longest, longitudinal study that's ever taken part on human history is telling us that people are isolated, find themselves less happy, and the health declines. Well, there was also a huge increase in suicide rates that's during a, yeah. COVID, which was people weren't even looking at that. They were looking at the COVID rates, but they're not looking at like a lot of young people were increasing suicidal rates. How Boris, look at that as well, mate. Like that was really like, and so that highlights that point of what you just said there in that study. The isolation of people was making them more mm-hmm. unhappy. Was that yeah. the study? Yeah, and one of the other fun- things they found from the study was that people who are part of communities live longer and better better lives and this is why we're so big on communities me and lucy just gave a talk in london two weeks ago mm-hmm. about building communities because we're really proud of the community that we built with the micro school and if you're not part of any fitness communities honestly it'll really help so if you want to join our community facebook group the micro school by the way it costs it's no cost whatsoever you can just join the group you can get involved you can have a chit chat to people like-minded people you don't have to pay anything there's no cost to join in it might just give you some support that you you need uh, for that time in in your life and have a chit chat with people if you're feeling lonely on your fitness journey or just any point in life. Yeah, we'll leave the link below for that as well. It's just called the My Coach School on Facebook, yeah. but we'll leave the direct links below in the podcast and also the YouTube channel. But yeah, so interesting what I was saying before. I'm not finished. Oh. God, leave me I be, thought... woman. <laughs> How long is the study? It's still got a couple of conclusion bits. So the number of, <laughs> are you going to say something, Carl? Yeah, I was just going to ask if you guys have heard about the widowhood effect, um, which is something that's tied into um, people dying with loneliness. I don't know if you've heard no. of the widowhood effect. Basically, um, there's a phenomenon in which older people who've recently lost a spouse um, face a 90% increase in their chance of death. Within after, what time frame is it saying? Uh... So after their uh, husband or wife dies, uh, within three months, they are 90% more likely to die. Uh, and there are cases of people uh, who are on like cancer treatments and then who their husband dies and then the day after they die. But he had a 90% increase within three months. That's crazy because one of the other things I was going to say about that, it wasn't that, it wasn't as soon as, um, what was it, 90 days or three months? It wasn't that long after, uh, uh, sorry, that short of a time period. But when my granddad died, my nan just really deteriorated. Yeah. And I think it was, I don't know, it was the year after that she passed away. She moved to a different flat, moved away from the house and was on her own a bit more. Obviously, family went around and seen her, but it wasn't the same as my granddad being there. And she passed away not long after my granddad. So I, I can 100% say that it is. And I've heard quite a few circumstances and incidents of that before, which is super, super, super sad. And a lot of people call it just like actual heartbreak, heartbreak. don't they? Yeah. yeah. To be actually heartbroken, that feeling of that. And the one of the other things that they took from this study was that it's not the number of friends that you have it's the quality of those relationships just not about having tons of them it's the depth of the relationship the quality of that and the time that you spend with people which again comes back to what we were talking about at the start of the podcast and those happiest moments of your your life and do you know what that means you're supposed well you know when you're about 10 and you have about 50 best friends mm-hmm. Your best friend should be, you'd be able to have them on one hand. Mm-hmm. And I can. I never had a massive friendship group of 30, 40 people. There was always the closest people and I'm still close to them now. Yeah, 
Well, that's what I mean. It's just, it doesn't matter if you haven't got tons of friends, even if you listen to this now. It's about mm-hmm. building those quality relationships that can even just be with family. Another thing they took from it was that living in conflict is super, super, super bad for your, your health and your mental health. Again, looking at the, the what's going on currently in Ukraine, there's going to be impacts from that, by the way, that last so fucking long that people don't even understand. It's going to it's gonna spoil people's lives who live there. Yes. Not just not just in the in the near future, but for the rest of their lives, because living in conflict has such a bad effect. And this is super sad because I was listening to it on the news yesterday and just saw this guy breaking down in tears from the Ukraine. There was this mum and woman, because I think they're now looking into war crimes to do with the Russians in Ukraine, about how they kept this young girl and the mum in a basement. And she'd been stabbed or she'd been wounded. And they just left her for three days of bleeding to death. And the child who was 15 watched her mum just die being kept in this ba- basement and how the Russian soldiers just raped the 15-year-old girl every day. don't know if anyone's seen that on BBC News. It was on yesterday. And this guy witnessed it or was hearing about it and he was just super upset. And it just makes me think about how the repercussions of this what this war is going to be and of just living in, in com- just living in conflict though not just the immediate impacts of the physical the mental that's going to come from the conflict over years to come mm. and the most happily partnered men and women from this project were best off through pain so when you experience pain in your life would be psychological or physical it was way less when you are in a secure relationship Really? Yeah, and you also had sharper and longer memories when you're in a happy relationship. So that's interesting. They, what they found is it's not whether um, or not you're a high achiever, but the people who fared the best are the ones who lead or leaned into relationships. And that I, was all about what I wrote yesterday. So that's just from that study. Yeah. I think it's also important to note that you, I don't think happiness is based on being single or not single. It's not talking about, as uh, well. Yeah, it's not just talking about relationships with. Oh, okay. Make I don't make that clearer. Yeah, it's all about relationships. No, so it could be like a friend. But, no, or no, no. But it doesn't matter because they are also talking about relationships with a partner. And, mm. and just because you're single now doesn't mean you're not going to be in a relationship. Like you've got great times to come if you're not in a relationship right now. But they're super powerful for happiness. Oh no! Yeah, hundred percent. Sorry, yeah, I got confused, but it also doesn't mean if you are single that you are miserable. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're fucking <laughs> also, it's too, too, yeah. Sl- like, yeah. Well, both aspects there. Um, are you, <laughs> is the study done? You ready now? Yeah, yeah, you're sitting on the right, the edge <laughs> all, of the seat. <laughs> all I was literally simply going to say is there was quite a lot of research showing that when you help other people and it's that 100 hours a year, Obviously, I don't know how people would measure that. It would be different in circumstances. It could be buying something for someone else, taking them somewhere, going to the cinemas with someone, whatever it is, volunteer work, X, Y, and Z. But it was found that doing a kindness produces the single most reliable momentary increase in well-being of any exercise that was tested. And that's from a professor called Martin Seligman. And he has a book about it, which is called A Visionary New Understanding of Happiness and Wellbeing. Oh, wow, sounds cool. So that sole thing of helping someone else. I mean, I 100%, I would rather, I get more happiness, and as for a fact, gift giving than gift receiving. And that's one of my love languages is giving yep. gifts. It just is, that gives me more fulfillment within myself. It's not the same for everyone. Some people's love language is gift receiving 
which is also absolutely fine. But it's really interesting that the increase in well-being is simply coming from gift giving or giving hours, giving yeah. time. It doesn't have to be money, it's giving time to other people, which I can 100% agree with. That's something for me that does give me a lot of satisfaction and fulfillment within my life. Yeah, I can 100% understand that. Like, and again, that comes back to when I was talking about before about charity work. Yeah. And even the charity that work that we've done and that we're doing, oh, i.e. make me cry again. <sighs> what? Makes me cry. Which does? When I just think about why I'm doing an ultra. Yeah, so the run. Right, we just don't, we can't talk about it. But also the runs that we've done for MCS 10. Yeah. We're raising some money for charity. And again, all the community come together. That's why they're such a special, powerful, positive moments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. But the other thing is, and I've been looking a little bit about this, is, is positive thinking versus positive action. And how that sometimes when we when we worry, like what happens? You feel like your brain has just yeah. exploded. You can't switch off from it. You just worry more and more and more. And you can't control those those thoughts because almost half the time, even for people listening to this podcast today, half the time that you've been listening to listening or watching this podcast today, your mind has been wondering and thinking about other things. There was a, a study by Daniel Gilbert and someone else that showed that forty six point nine percent of your of of time in all lifetimes our mind wanders. How many percentage? Forty six point nine percent. So nearly half. That's what I'm saying. Your That's mind wonders about other me. stuff. Even when you're doing stuff, it just it uncontrollably wonders, which means we can't always control the way that we think, which means it's sometimes hard to control happiness because your mind's mm. wandering so often. So we have a better chance of controlling our actions, the things that we're doing, because we physically do them. So that's the thing I'm talking about with respect to just positive thinking versus positive actions and how much more powerful actions are and can be to being happy. So again, by taking action, not just positive thinking, there's potential there to become happier. And that's why I'm talking about this happy list all the time and I bang on about it, because there are things you can physically write down and action on a day-to-day basis, the things that you want to do. Yeah, one of the things that I've been told in therapy before is labeling your thoughts and kind of understanding the difference between what is like a true thought, is it really happening, do you really think that, and kind of practice slowing them down. So when something pops into your head, so say for me when I have those really intrusive thoughts, Mm -hmm. it's labeled in my head and I can be like, aha, this bitch is back. And I have that because that was the best way for me to kind of deal with Mm -hmm. how I was feeling at the time. So labeling your thoughts in terms of negative thoughts can be quite a strategic way to help. Like, okay, this is a, like, take note of it and move away from it. I mean, that's really hard because we're we're categorically not therapists, but that's just something that I was told. This is something that we spoke about previously in podcasts when when we spoke about the negativity bias. As human beings, we are ingrained tuned to focus on the negative and there's been some data i think and research produced on how again i could be wrong how negative experiences and thoughts are twice as powerful as a as a positive one and again this comes down to the previous podcast that we did on negativity bias and how we prioritize those over happiness it's the same with anything like whether you have like appraisals feedback whatever it may be you could get a shit ton of positive feedback and you always focus on that negative one 
of whatever it, whatever it may be above anything else. I know I definitely do. I think we do it with our physical appearances quite heavily as well. People yeah. will look in the mirror and they won't ever really point out something that they love about themselves or you'd never look in the mirror and, well, not like you'd never, but a lot of people don't look in the mirror and like, oh, I look, I look beautiful. People don't do that, but mm -hmm. why don't they do that? Why don't people do that? And it's because of those negative thoughts. So what's that called again? Negativity bias. Negativity bias. I looked at myself in the mirror this morning. I was like, my bag's under my eyes. Looks like I've not slept in 10 days. I think it's, we generally lost an hour of sleep on Sunday and everyone feels jet lagged. But I didn't, I didn't say, oh, my yeah. hair looks nice. It was Lucy. You like, you look really, really, really tired. There was no positive pos positivity this morning when I looked at myself in the mirror. I was instantly saying something negative about myself, which overall probably didn't have yeah. help my happiness in any way. That's why you have to take actions, though, to become happy and t tell yourself those things mm. and have gratitude for those things. And like we spoke, we won't go into detail of this podcast, but negativity bias stems back to years and years and years, thousands of years ago, because it was important that we had that negativity bias ingrained within us because we had to look out for the negative threats that were around us lions that i don't know fucking things that were going to kill you in the wild and be more aware of those than anything else so essentially you didn't die whereas though that isn't as prevalent in society in society at the moment and these days so those negative thoughts and the priority on the negative is still there in the back of our heads to for survival essentially but we don't need it and that's why it's important that we focus on those things that make us happy and how, how like how we exercise happiness. A big one that's been shown time and time and time again is gratitude. Mm -hmm. I super enjoy that gratitude journal. I found it on Amazon, by the way, I can't remember. I think we just called the gratitude journal if anyone wants to buy it. And it focuses on a morning gratitude and an evening gratitude. You don't have to do two. You can do it once per day. But they they were super, super good for just kind of focusing on the things in your life that you sometimes take for granted and exercising your happiness on a day-to-day -day basis. I think that's really important in terms of when those moments are happening as well, establish new patterns and establish new habits to weave your way around the negativity. Mm -hmm. So if you know you're having an unpleasant thought or there's something pops into your head, find the happy list or do something that makes you happy. So be more proactive, go for a walk, read a book, call a friend, text a friend, FaceTime mm -hmm. someone. If you know it's coming, that's a really good action step to simply get your happy list out. Mm -hmm. And like, I have my happy list on my phone, like on my notes, because I'm a bit more digital, whereas Ben writes more things down. But I, a lot of the time, just flick to it on, on my, it could be as simple as listening to your favorite song, put Moana on, or wow. Encanto surface pressure. Pop it off. I am literally on cloud nine. It does, it changes something in me because again, Disney makes me feel really yeah. happy, but those two in particular sends me off on one. This is again why I'm so, so, so excited, by the way, to go to... 34 days. Disney in 34 days, I think. <laughs> 34 days, God, six it hours, It feels like a lifetime minutes. ago we booked it. But it's not, it's not just because we're going to Disney and it's the thing that banged the drum about to you a lot is it's because me and you just get to spend 16 days together. And again, because I'm realized now how poor important building connections and within relationships is. I mean, that's what makes me so excited. Mm. It's no work, no anything else is me and you for 16 days, just being happy. And on the note that you just spoke about there, we're talking about the gratitude and the journal. And again, we spoke about on a previous podcast, 
how the different forms and how I used to set my morning up. I still do it, but I just don't think about it as much because I think it's subconscious and just habitual now. Is I think it was the spiritual, spiritual, social, emotional, spiritual physical. Wasn't social; it was mental. Mental and physical, yeah. and the physical one was like the cold shower that I used to do or exercise in the morning. <laughs> I think I don't know the spiritual one. Was... The spiritual was the gratitudes, telling yeah. yourself the gratitudes. The mental was reading or listening to a podcast. It wasn't the one of them was, and this is why I'm going to get set someone, everyone, a task from today's podcast is I used to text one person every morning that I hadn't spoke to for some amount of time. So that's one of the things that I want to end today's podcast on is because it's massively beneficial and I found it really helpful in my morning was to do the gratitude, to write those things, happiness down. I'd have, because one of them was drinking my, my water and my coffee. That was one of them as well. I can't remember that. It was emotional maybe. I'm getting confused. The other one was me exercise in the morning, the physical, because that really, really helped my happiness. But the other one that I found super helpful was to text someone that I hadn't spoke to for a while. And it's really surprising the responses that you get back from people and how it can make you feel of speaking to someone that you haven't spoke to for some time just because life gets ahead of you. So one of the things that I want to end today's podcast on is after this podcast, don't do it while you're driving, please, if you listen to this in the car. Yeah, safety just first. pull over and the first thing I want you to do, or if you just listen to it, the first thing I want you to do now, or once you finish listening to this podcast, is either just scroll through, because why sometimes I, do, I don't delete WhatsApp, WhatsApps, just scroll back to like your latest podcast, uh, podcast, WhatsApps or texts or whatever it may be, or just someone that you know that you haven't spoken to for some time, and just text them or WhatsApp them and just say, hi, how are you doing? Like, haven't spoken to you a while. Just thought I'd catch up and check in and see how you are. And just look at the response that you get back in the way that makes you feel from reconnecting with someone who you value, but you just both got too busy yeah, in life. Disconnected to, with and, a and bit. yeah, and just disconnected with. Yeah, I remember when you did that. I personally didn't do that, but that was something you were doing. I chose not to go on social media yeah. for the whole part of my morning till about ten o'clock. Yeah, I still don't go on socials. So mm. I just text people. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's a wonderful yeah. we've set your homework today, guys. Yes, tasks. Um but the not so fit tasks. <laughs> not in. so fit tasks. Obviously, don't forget to tag the not so fit couple page on Instagram because we have a new Instagram page as well, which is super exciting. Oh, yeah, as always, we really appreciate any reviews that you do leave. Do you know what's so crazy about reviews? I don't think you guys listening realize how much we appreciate. I go through and read them all. By the way, they they're incredible, and we love reading them. They're some of the reviews that people write in the comments and things like that. We truly do appreciate them. So we just want you to know that as well. And that's on iTunes, Spotify, and then obviously YouTube, just subscribing yeah. to the channel and commenting and things like that. And this will be a last final reminder on the podcast that you can enroll to the micro school challenge for eight weeks. And again, there's a lot of stuff that we put in the coaching videos and stuff on the school if you've taken any way, anything away from the podcast over the past couple of years, like joining our community, becoming a part of it, even just taking on a challenge for once, if you do the eight weeks and then learn everything that you need to know, will massively be massively beneficial. And I promise you now, if you don't benefit from it, you can DM me, message me, and I'll give you a refund because I honestly believe you'll take so much value away from the next eight weeks if you install the stuff that we teach and coach on there. Yeah, 100%. And the link will be in the description, show notes, YouTube. Yeah, link will be in the description. And we really hope to enjoy this episode. You got a bit of tears. You got a bit yeah, of happiness. Got everything in this one. Got everything, gosh. But we will see you in next week's episode. Bye, guys. Bye.
Okay, so I'm going to pay.